Uh, we lifted your daughter up to the Lord, and we we continue to stand that that spirit is broken off of your daughter. And uh, and uh, we pledge your case, and we know that you're healed and whole, and that you have the victory. And uh, you have the victory, and your daughter has the victory in Jesus' mighty name. Well, amen and amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Well, tonight, I said this morning, we were going to talk about the connection between love and health, walking in love and health or healing. Or we could say it this way, where there is love, the God kind of love, there is health and healing. We could say it that way. Where there is love, uh, or God's kind of love specifically, there is health and healing. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of build a case here. And uh, and uh, as studying this, you know, we've been, you know, Pastor Mike and I. If you if you listen to our Sunday mornings, uh, then and, and our people here, you know that we've been studying on love the last couple of weeks, the last few weeks. And in, in studying on love, the Lord showed me that our love walk is directly connected to our health. Our love walk is directly connected to our health. And I was like, wow, God, that's amazing. I have, I have, um, I have honestly never connected the two, never. Uh, and, I mean, I've heard lots of sermons on it and stuff, but it just, didn't, it just didn't register with me how completely connected they are. Um, so I want to go, we're going to start first. We're going to look at some things that Jesus uh, we're we're just going to read several scriptures. So have you, have you so grab your Bible. We're going to go through a bunch of scriptures. Normally, we take a segment of scripture and kind of teach on that whole segment, but that's not the plan tonight. Tonight, we're just going to look at a bunch of individual scriptures. We're just going to read them, make a comp, make a statement, and move on because I want you to see a flow. And so we're going to start in Matthew chapter fourteen. Matthew chapter fourteen. And uh, I know we just got done praying, but uh, I'm going to pray just real quick. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you give each and every person that hears this message a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. That they, that they are able to see, hear, and understand the connection between God's love and divine health and healing. And so, Father, I just ask that you cause their heart to be a good ground and, and that their ears be open, their eyes be open, that they may see and understand uh, what, we're, what, what, the word, what the Word shows us. And uh, glory to God. And, Father, I thank you that it's done and it's so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory to God. Now. Uh, Matthew 14. Matthew 14, but hold your place right there. You guys stay right there. You don't have to move. Um, I'm going to turn because I just want to verify something for you. Okay. You know, again, if you've been in our morning services, you already know this. 1 John 4, verse 8 says this, He that loveth not knoweth not God. So if you don't love, if you're not, if you don't know he said, he that loveth not. So if you're not walking in love, then you don't know God. Well, if you don't know God, then you don't know the healer. You don't know the healer. This is true. And then he said this. He said, for God is love. Yes, he is. God is love. And if the Father is love, then Jesus is love. And if Jesus is love, 
then uh, when we see some things about Jesus move, being moved with compassion, then what we know is when Jesus is moved with compassion, another way we could say this is love is moved with compassion. Love is moved. And uh, so now let's go to Matthew 14, verse 14. Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them, and he healed their sick. Notice, what did Jesus do? Number one, he was moved with compassion, and it was that compassion that caused him to heal the sick. So we can see from right here that um, compassion is, is completely connected to healing. Now, this word compassion, um, I am not even going to try. Wow. I am not even, I am not even, Michael just saw the word. He said, wow. I am not even going to try to pronounce this word. I will tell you how to spell it. S-P-L-A-G-C-H-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. I'll do it again. S P L A G C H N I Z O M A I. That's this word compassion. Now, this word compassion means to be moved as to one's bowels. Bowels, as in their intestines. Hence, to be moved with compassion. Or to have compassion. For the bowels or the intestines were thought to be the seat of love and piety. So basically what, he, what the scripture is saying is Jesus was moved in his inner man. Jesus in was moved. In, right. Jesus was moved in the spirit. Well, if God is love. And God is our, and God is in our spirit. Then, then what that means is love. When Jesus saw the people, it mean, and when it says he was moved with compassion, it means that he was moved with the love of God. He was moved with the love of God. That's what happened here. And when the love of God began to flow in him and move in him. Then it says he was moved, the, the love of God moved in him, and he healed the sick. He healed the sick. So when we understand that we are, hum- that we are born again, believe- that, that when you become born again, God's, your human spirit is recreated, and, and the love of God is shed abroad in your spirit, that all happens in what we call this belly region or the bowel region. Now, it's not actually in the physical bowels, but that's the region of, of, of who we are that our spirit is. And so here we can say it this way. Uh, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with the love of God toward them, and he healed them. And he healed them. Now let's jump over to chapter 20 and look at verse 34. Chapter 20, let me get there, 
Namin awin yun, eh. <laughs> Amen. Now, uh, you want me to read it? Glory to God. All right. So Jesus had... Comm- now, let's back up just a little bit. Let me, let me just do this. This is, this is where the blind men came, and they were calling to him. And in verse 32, Jesus, uh, Jesus stood still, and he called to them and said, What will you that I should do unto you? So they're calling, Jesus, 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 what do you want? Let's pick up from there. And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. So he heard their cry. He heard their calling. And again, Jesus had, Jesus had the love of God upon them or moved with the love of God on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. Immediately. See, love creates miracles. Now, in this case, it was Jesus operating in love. Uh, Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. This is the leper. This is when a leper came. And let's look at the verse we need is 41, but just to give us a little context, let's look at 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. He knew that Jesus had the power. He didn't, what he didn't know was, was Jesus willing. Jesus, Jesus, are you willing? Well, how much do you know? In order to be willing to do something good, you have to be in love. And let's look at what happened. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. He said, Jesus, again, being moved with the love of God from on the inside. Jesus wasn't moved. Jesus did. This is not. You need to understand. This was not an emotional. Oh, I feel bad for you, love. This is not a human love. A human love didn't go into in, into into uh, operation. What went into operation was the love of God. The love of God went into operation, and it was the love of God that brought healing. Glory to God. It was the love of God. Let's go look at another one. Let's move to chapter 5. Chapter 5. That's chapter 4. knew that didn't look right. Now this is right after this is this is the, the, this is where um, the man was possessed with with a legion of demons. He was possessed with a legion of demons, and Jesus cast the demons out, and the swine ran off the mountain, and in they went. And the man came to Jesus at verse eighteen. We'll read eighteen and nineteen. And when he was coming to the ship, talking he, about Jesus coming to the ship. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be be with him. So he's at the ship. He's waiting on Jesus. Jesus comes to the ship, and he's going, Jesus, Jesus, let me go with you. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. Look at what Jesus says. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. 
Notice Jesus didn't say, ooh, look at me, I'm the one that cast the demons out. Jesus said, no, go tell people how the Lord God, the Lord, Jesus said, go tell, go tell the people how the Lord, how much you know, yes, Jesus is our Lord, but how much you know the Father God is Lord of all. He's Lord of all. And so Jesus said, because you know, the, the Father God was Jesus' Lord. Still is Jesus' Lord to today. Jesus doesn't do anything unless the Father tells him to. So he said to, he said to this man who had been demon-possessed with a legion of demons, he said, go and tell how the Lord, the Father God, had compassion on you. In other words, he said, go tell people how the Father God loves you. That's really what he was saying. That's really what he was saying. He said, he said it's not of me. You know, Jesus said, it's not of me. Yes, I was moved with compassion, but the compassion I had for you was not my compassion, but it was the Father's compassion. The Father's compassion that moved, that, that caused this thing to happen. So we're in Mark 5, so let's turn over to Mark chapter 9. Are you seeing a theme here? We're seeing a theme. Mark 9. Uh, verse 22, this is the father that has the son that the demon keeps throwing in the fire. And look at what Jesus, look at what this man says, verse 22. And I'm not reading, I'm not reading all of these accounts for the sake of time, because there's some other scriptures we got to get to. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. This is the father speaking. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now look, this man, somehow this man had figured out that what was required for his son to be delivered was compassion. Because if you'll go back and you'll read the, if you'll go back and you'll read before it, he had already taken the son to the disciples and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. And Jesus, and they said, why couldn't, you know, and later they asked the disciples, they said, oh, Lord, why couldn't we cast the disciples, why couldn't we cast the demons out? And, 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 and Jesus said, this type doesn't come out except through prayer, check this out, through, through prayer and fasting. You've got to be spending time in prayer, you've got to be spending time in fasting. In other words, what Jesus was saying is you have to walk very closely with the Father God. Or another way to say this, knowing that God is love, is he said, basically Jesus was saying, you have to be walking in love. You have to be praying. You have to be fasting. You have to become one. You have to become one with love in order to cast out the enemy is really what he was saying. And somehow this father figured this out, and he said that because he, he recognized there was a difference between Jesus casting out demons and healing the sick and the disciples. See, the disciples were doing it simply because Jesus told them to do it. Jesus was doing it because he had love for the father, and he had love for the people. See, Jesus was full of love. Why? Because he is love. He had the fullness of the Holy Ghost upon him. So he had the fullness of love resting on him. We have a measure of love in us, but it's, us to, uh, it's up to us to grow our love. 
We grow our fruit. A fruit of the Spirit is love, and we're, God gives us a measure of love, but then it's our responsibility to, to increase our love. So, so the father said, it's, so, so the father with this boy went to Jesus and he said, it's not an authority problem. I know you have power. I know you have might. He didn't say, if you have the authority. He didn't say to Jesus, you, if you have the authority, cast the demon out. He didn't say to Jesus, if you have, if you have the ability. He, the, the ability wasn't a question. The question was, Jesus, do you have enough love for me and my son that you can help us? That's what he asked. Look at what Jesus told him. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus, Jesus didn't even acknowledge the compassion part. Jesus didn't say, Oh yeah, I have compassion. Jesus didn't say, Well, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me check on some things. Why? Because Jesus knows he's born of love. For Jesus, it wasn't a compassion problem. For Jesus, the issue was, can you believe? Can you believe? Really what he was saying is, can you believe that I... Really what he was saying wasn't, can you believe that I can cast out the demon? Because what did the man say? He asked for compassion. He was really asking the man, do you believe that I love you enough to set you free? That's really what he was asking. If you can believe that I have enough compassion, if you can believe that I have enough love for you in me to set you free, then you can be set free. But see, most people, when they need healing, they don't believe that the Father loves them enough. They don't believe that the Father loves them enough. And the reason they don't believe the Father loves them enough is because they don't love themselves enough to get set free. Father, I don't even love myself enough. I don't even love myself enough to be qualified. See, this is why divine, this is why your understanding of love, this is why your love walk, this is, your, this is why understanding that God is love is critical for you to have an understanding of. Because if you discount your, uh, you, if you discount your love, the, the God's love for you, you're discounting his ability to heal you. Do you catch that? If you're discounting how much God loves you, then you're discounting how much God can heal you. I'm, I was guilty of this, especially with my eyes. You know, because at that point I was still dealing with insecurities and not thinking I measured up enough. I mean, I saw myself better than I used to, but I still didn't see myself the way I needed to see myself. And so I was willing to compromise my healing. I said, Lord... I don't need perfect 2020 vision. Just help me to quit running into stuff on my right side. Just give me some peripheral vision. Just, just, give me, just give me some peripheral vision. See, I had a lack of love for myself that I said, God, can you just muster enough love for me just to heal me just this little bit? Can you muster enough compassion for me just to give me that, that partial healing? No, Lord. Father, love me enough to give me 2020 3D vision. I just recently found out, I just figured this out, I went to the eye doctor a couple weeks ago and I was talking to him, I was like, can they fix this? And and the doctor said, well, he said, they can mostly fix it, but they'll never be able to, he said, actually, actually to be able to restore actual 3D vision. And then he, go, he goes, that's very, very complicated. He said, it's very hard to achieve. He said, but you probably had never had 3D vision a day in your life, so you probably don't know what you're missing. 
And I kind of got a little miffed at that afterwards. At first, I was like, because I agreed with him. I was like, yeah, you're right. I have no idea what I'm missing. But then later on, I went, you mean, Lord, people people see differently than I believe? Now, let me say this. The Lord's given me some degree of 3D vision. You know those little thing, those little pictures where they say, can you see the number in the picture? Some of them are for color blindness, but other ones are for, like, certain eyesight issues. And we, you know, and that was real. it became real big when Michael and I were young and, and, and just first got married, and we'd go see these pictures. And Michael's like, oh, do you see the dog or the cat in the thing? And I'm like, what? He's like, you don't see the picture in the picture? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So finally one day I got frustrated with the whole thing when I found out that the Lord can heal me. And I said, Lord, I'm frustrated. These people can see stuff in these pictures that I can't see, and I'd really like to see it. And over time I've gotten to where I can see more and more and more. More and more and more. And so every time I go and get my eyesight, my eyes checked, they're like, huh, that's pretty good. I had one of my, I had, I was doing my physical in my doctor's office, and the nurse was doing the eye part of the exam, and she's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. She said, you are definitely legal. She said, you, she said, even with the deficiency in your right eye, she said, when you put the two of them together, you basically have 20-20 vision. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that, Jesus. That's pretty cool. But notice what he said. Jesus, Jesus said, it's not about can you, can you believe that I can cast out the demon. It was can you believe that I have compassion. Can you believe that I love you that much. Glory to God. Well, we're right here in Mark 9. Let's, let's, let's uh, skip right on over to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Luke 7. And we're going to look at... Uh, Verse 13, now here Jesus was coming into a city and there was a funeral. There was a funeral procession going by. And there was a young man in, what, in, in a casket. Only their caskets were open caskets. And he, was being bare, and he was being carried by Jesus. And look at what he says here in verse 12. We'll pick up in verse 12. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, and only the, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. I mean, he had a crowd around him. Can you imagine this? Can you see this? Here comes this widow. It's her only son. He's in a casket. There's people carrying the, carrying the open casket. She's probably walking right beside it or behind it, and people are carrying her because now she has no man, and in their society that meant poverty. Yeah, that meant that there was, she was destined for poverty. And, but for some reason, much of the city knew this family because it says, mo, it says a large – what does it say? It says um, – and it says, and much people of the city, much people. There were a lot of people there for this widow. Can you imagine how, like, okay, look what Jesus does. <laughs> and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. They've got all these people. All these people. She probably was part of the church. Here's all these people, all these believers of God, and all of them are weeping and wailing. And Jesus, she probably thought this man is a lunatic. She looked at the, he looked at the mother and he said, weep not. Because he had, look at what it said. It said, and when the Lord saw 
her. He had compassion. The love of God wailed up on the inside of him. The love of God just overflowed in him. And even in the midst of, in the midst of this massive amount of people, Jesus was so overcome with love that he looked, the, the naysayers were not even a concern. He was so focused on her with love that he said, weep not. Let's keep reading. And he came and touched the bier. Which the, means the, the coffin. And, and, they, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Oh, my goodness. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The love of God will make you do some crazy things. The love of God will make you do some crazy things. See, because if the Lord said, hey, there's a, there, there's a funeral coming. Because in our, in our day, we can see it. Hey, there's a funeral procession coming. Flag them down. Go to the hearse. Follow them to the graveside. Do something. Get, get over there. And then get over there by the coffin. Open up the coffin. Or just lay your hand on the coffin and say, get up and arise. Just get, get up. Arise. Get up. Come on. Come out of there. Um, you, you, the Lord speaks that to you and you think, no, Jesus. Uh, no, Jesus. <laughs> no, Jesus. But see, the love of God will so overwhelm you that you'll forget about the naysayers. The love of God will cause you to push past your insecurities. The love of God will cause you to push past unbelief. It'll cause you to move past it. And he said, so he, Jesus got over there and he said, Young man, I say unto you, arise. I imagine in that moment that there was much of the city going, Oh, oh my, oh, here we go. Here's, ah. Uh. And then all of a sudden, that young man popped up and said, What am I doing in this? Why do I have burial? Why, why, why is there a burial cloth on me? What is going on? I don't think he just arose and said, Woo, glory to God, look at me. I don't think he did that. I think he probably woke up. He was probably as much shocked as, he, as, uh, as everybody else was. He probably said, What is going on? What is going on? So we're at Luke 7. Let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10. We're going to pick up. In 30? Yep, let's pick up in, ver in, in, in verse 30. Luke 10, 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He went out of his way to cross the road, get on the other side, and go around him. <clears throat> and likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. Now, Levites are the Jewish priests. <clears throat> Look, came and, he actually came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, now Samaritans are, are, are kind of like... They're half Jews. They're half Jews, but they're also, they don't get along with Jews. Mm -mm. They, they fight all the time. Yeah. So 
But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, uh, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. What did this Samaritan have? He had the love of God on the inside of him. Now, wait a minute. This is a Samaritan. This is a Samaritan. This is not even a Jew. But yet, there was compassion. There was a love that rose up on the inside of him. There was a love that rose up on the inside of him. And this, and this, it's the same word. Same word. This same word. This, this compassion. This, 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 this overwhelming need from the inside to take care of him came upon him. Let's keep going. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Keep going. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? He said, he said, which one of the three? Was it, was it the, was it the Levite? You know, was it the was it the the um, the priest? No, it wasn't the priest. It wasn't. It wasn't them. It wasn't just a standard Jew. Now, Look now, at now up up to this point, we've been talking about Jesus being moved with compassion, but now it's a complete stranger. Yep. You Can, know, I, I I dare say with confidence that everyone in this room has felt this compassion. Yeah. Because it, it's the compassion that rises up through the Spirit. And causes you to do something. Yeah. It's not I, compassion that comes down. It's compassion that comes up. And there is a difference. I, I've, I've, I've had this happen to me. I've, I, I've, I've pulled over on the side of the road. My wife going, what are you doing? And there's a guy on the side of the road with, you know, begging for money. I don't do this often. Mm-mm. But when the, when the spirit rises up and tells me to give, I give. Mm-hmm. I pull over, give him the money. He has um, gone so far as to go actually back to the bank, get the cash, and go back to the man or go in the store where the ATM is or wherever. He's done what he's had to do to get the cash to go back. I've, I've laid hands on people because the Spirit told me to do it. You know, I, I saw that they had a need and, and the Spirit, and Robbie's gone all the way to Kentucky to do this. I'm sure that all of you have had your moments where the Spirit rose up on the inside and, and told you to do something. Now, whether you did it or not, is between you and God, but and but, you may, and, and 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 listen. If you didn't follow through, it's because you didn't understand what it was, it, and there's exactly. mercy and grace for that. But let's learn what what this is but, that rises up. But the point up. here is that this compassion is for everyone. It's not just for Jesus. Mm-mm. We we all should be be moved with this compassion, this love that comes from the Spirit, and 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 it it is the love of God, and it is inside of us. If we're Christians, if or even Samaritans. Yeah. This love can rise up on the inside of us and move us to do the things that 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 the, that the Lord would have us to do. Look at verse thirty-seven, and he said, because he asked them, he asked the he asked the man that they that he was talking to, he he said, which of these three, which of these three, and it says, and he said, he that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, go. And do thou likewise. Do the same thing. He, Jesus said, you've seen me have compassion. 
You see in my example, the Samaritan has compassion. Now go just like I've gone and have compassion. Let's look at the scripture that we looked at this morning. Turn to John chapter 13. John 13. Verse 34 and verse 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love that ye also love one another. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. If you have love one to another. So Jesus said, if you have love, you will operate in compassion just like I have compassion. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go back through these. You can go back and listen to our series on love from our Sunday mornings. But we pointed out that Romans 5.5 5 says... Um, that the love of God, that once you are born again, that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart or in your spirit, which means the love of God is in you. Now, the, the question is, is what are you going to do with it? Well, I just mentioned, you know, we have the love in us, but, it's, but we're supposed to grow it. We have to grow that love. And if this compassion or this love, the spirit moves on you, you may not recognize what it is. And you might go, whoa, wait a second, this is weird, I'm not, I don't want <laughs> anything to do this. with this. But, but what you need to do is step in, because, because if, if, if the Lord gives you <clears throat> the compassion, the Spirit moves on you to lay hands on somebody for healing, you can have confidence that they will be healed. They may not be healed right at that moment, but they're going to be healed. And the biggest, the biggest thing when that happens, the biggest thought that will come to your mind is because Satan's putting a thought in there, is what if they don't get healed? Not your fault, not your issue, not your problem. But see, this is your moment when, when, the, when the Spirit moves on you with compassion. This is your moment where, where God is asking you to do something for him in his will. This is where you are his ambassador. You are operating as him. And you have to step up and do it. You have to have the courage and the boldness to say, hey, God is moving on me. I recognize it. Now I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have faith that he's going to carry it through. I'm just his servant. I'm just his hand. I'm just being his hand. I'm just being his voice. I'm just being his pocketbook, if that's what it is. You have to, you have to, you have to respond to that. Now... Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, including faith to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered, all faith, so that I can, that I can remove mountains, I, I can lay hands, I can remove mountains of sickness, and have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. Healing will, if you don't have love, healing will be hindered. Your ability to lay hands on others and see them healed will be hindered. But more importantly, your ability to receive healing 
And this is the point that I want to get to. Because yes, we want to get we want to learn how to get healing to people, but we also want to learn how to walk in divine healing. And if you're not walking in the love of God, your ability to walk in divine health is hindered. Let's back up to chapter 11. Let's back up to chapter 11 here. Back up to chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. Uh, And let's look here in verse 28. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 28. Let's read. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. One more verse. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Notice it says, for this cause, because we're not, what, what's happening? We're not judging how we're treating the Lord's body. We're not judging how, now, now God is love, and, and therefore we are love. We are born of love. If we're not keeping this body which belongs to God, uh, uh, elsewhere in Corinthians it says that we, that our body, our physical flesh is not our own, but it's the temple of God. So if we're not controlling this physical body, if we're allowing this physical body to, to operate outside of love, then we're allowing our physical body to operate inside of Satan's hate. And that's not discerning the Lord's body. And he said, because you won't, he said, because you're not discerning the Lord's body for this cause of not discerning the Lord's body, many are weak and sickly and even die prematurely. They sleep. They sleep. See, the Father God, what we call death, the Father God doesn't call death. See, because when we leave our spirit, when, 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 when somebody does what we call death, only their physical body ceases to exist. Their spirit either goes up into heaven or down into hell. So he says their physical body is asleep. It's not dead. It's simply asleep. He said, but this happens. There's weakness and there's sickness because you're not discerning how you're treating your temple. You're not discerning how you're treating the temple of others. You're not discerning how you're treating the body of Christ, your fellow brothers and sisters. Because God is love, and every step out of love is a step into hatred. Think that through now. He said, so he said this. He said, for if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Well, does this mean that I can't ever make a mistake? No, it means you can make a mistake, though it should be rare. If and when you make a mistake, hurry up, judge yourself, repent, turn around, get back, get back out of hate and right back into love before Satan can attack. We were listening to Pastor Craig just uh, last night, and Pastor Craig said it this way because he got out of God's perfect will and he got into God's permissive will, and Satan was doing everything he could to kill him in the airplane because he was stepped in being a pilot before his time. And, and, and I mean, things were going off that shouldn't have been going, that shouldn't have been happening. 
And, and Pastor Craig said it this way. He said the devil and demons are like cockroaches. And all they need is a crack. All they need is a crack. Most of the time we crack the door because we get out of love. That's the number one place that we crack the door. That's the number one place. And when we crack the door, sickness and disease can come in. Well, how do you know that? Well, that's simple. Go read Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 says, for sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But it says, hearken, listen, pay attention to the words that God speaks, including Jesus, and do them. If you do them, then the blessing will come. What's part of the blessing? Divine health. Divine health. If you don't do them, the curse will come. What's the curse? Sickness and disease. Let's go look at a couple other verses. Let's turn back here to Psalms. See, they even understood this in in the Old Testament. Let's go to Psalms 38. Uh, I wrote down the wrong verse. Dang. Is it at least Psalms 38? Sugars. Well, turn to Psalms 107. All right. A lot of page flipping there. Yeah. And, and uh, verse 17. Let's, let's Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Here we go. Fools. Fools. People that will people that'll say, well, I know that's what God says, but I don't know that it's true. That's a fool. That's a fool. Fools, what does it say? Because of their transgression. Because of them going against what God said. Because of their iniquities or because of their sin, they do what? They become afflicted. What does it mean to become afflicted? Sick. It means you become sick. Sickness comes upon you. Sickness comes upon you. Sickness comes upon you. Now, I want you to turn to, because I wrote down the wrong verse. We're just going to go ahead and jump to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm tight on time anyways. Now, I want you to think about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, my goodness. Verse 17, we know verse 17 real good. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Praise God. Praise God. We even know verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. But how much do we know verse 21? We should. Let's look at verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Who's talking here? He, what, what's the, what, who's talking about what? 
For he, the Father God, hath made him, the Jesus. Lord Jesus, to be sin for us. Let's take out the to be because that's italicized. Let's really say it the way the Lord said it. This Holy Spirit said it. For he hath made him sin for us. Jesus became sin. According to what we just read in Psalms, when there's sin, what comes? Sickness. So in order for Jesus to become sin, sickness now has the right to attach itself to Jesus. It now has its right. And it says that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now, we understand that Jesus is our lamb and he took our place. Go to Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52. I'm building a case to see so you'll see something. Isaiah 52. Verse 3, 4, and 5. We know these scriptures, but let's read them. For thus saith the Lord. Ye have sold yourselves for not. Where are you at? Oh, I said 52. I meant 53. Isaiah 53, 3, 4, and 5. My okay. bad. <laughs> Isaiah 53. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Notice it says he was despised and rejected. How ma- when, when does somebody become despised? Think about it. Oh, I just can't stand that person. They're just so evil. Sin. Despise them. Sin. When, so, so what is he talking about? When it says he was despised, when he became sin. He became acquainted. He, became, he didn't just become acquainted with sin. He became sin. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely... He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now, now I want, and, and with his stripes we are healed. I want you to notice. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get ahead of you. He was, he was despised and rejected first he was despised it says he in verse three it says he was despised and rejected of men and then it clarifies he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief in other words he was acquainted with sickness and disease why because he was despised and we hid as it were our faces from him when did they hide their faces from him they turned their back on him when he was there in the in the jury being judged they turned his face from him when he was being whipped. They turned, his, their, they turned their face from him when he was at the cross. But before any of that happened, he had to become one with sin. See, Satan cannot put sickness and disease on you. Notice, he had to be despised first. And then he became acquainted with sorrows, pains, hurts. Pains and hurts. Sickness and disease has no right to attach itself to your life until you step out of love and into sin. Well, See, when you step out you of turn love, your face from the Lord, right? Which is stepping out, which is stepping out of love. When you step out of love, you step into sin. 
And when you step into sin, this sickness has the right to attach itself to you. So how do you change that? You repent. You turn away from sin. You turn away from hating the Lord and turn back to loving the Lord. You turn back into love. You go back to love. And then love will eradicate sickness and disease. Go to uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. No, as you turn, I'm going to read this. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we didn't esteem him. We looked at him, we said, yep, you got sickness and disease, and we didn't even think anything about it because we didn't want to turn from our sin. But, but the first step to health and healing is turning away from sin and turning back to love, turning back to God, turning back. You know, the Bible says this. Everybody's complaining about the state of our nation. And how much you know the Lord said, if my people call by my name, humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. Most people leave that phrase out. Mm -hmm. If they'll turn from sin and seek my face and pray, then I'll heal the land. The first step to getting the, hand, the land healed Just is we've got to turn our from ways. our wicked ways. Until the earth turns, until the nation turns from wickedness, there will be no healing of the land. What the world wants is the world wants, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, let us have our sin. Let us fulfill the lust of our flesh, but yet keep sickness and disease and lack and poverty away from us. Honey, that ain't how this thing works. That ain't how this thing works. He said, you want to walk in my love, then you've got to eschew evil. You've got to push evil away. You've got to turn your back on evil. If this is evil, you've got to turn and look to love. And this is why many people, this is why, now, am I talking about the unbeliever, that the unbeliever has to get healed this way? No. Because there is such a thing as, as God healing the unbeliever for a dinner bell to salvation. But once you're in the body of Christ, the number one reason most Christians don't get healed is because they don't walk in love. That's the number one reason. Well, I'm just sick. I, I don't understand. I'm in faith. I'm praying. I'm confessing. I'm pushing the buttons. I'm pulling the levers. But healing is just not coming. I get healed from this, and then, bam, here's another sickness. Every time I turn around, some sickness is coming on me. You better check your love walk. You better check your love walk. If every time, man, I'm starting to do good financially. I start to come out of this thing, and then, bam, it hits. You better check your love walk. Why? Because every step out of love is a step into Satan's kingdom. And every step you make into Satan's kingdom gives him the right to thieves to steal your life. To come in to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Every step. Why don't I tell you all to go? Galatians? Yes. Galatians chapter 3. Glory to God. We're winding up. Winding down, I should say. Okay. Didn't want to panic everybody. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13. Like getting pretty wound up. No, no, no. We're winding this thing down. I won't beat you up too bad. Come on. Galatians 3.13. 13. Okay. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
being made a curse for us. How was he made a curse? He was made sin. He was made sin. You have to understand. I want you to understand this. In order for Jesus to be made sin, you have to understand this. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. So in order for Jesus to be made sin, for him to become sin, he had to be completely cut off from love. Jesus had to, to he, he had to, everything that Jesus was had to, had to, had to change. He changed from, from love and, and, and being connected to the Father to sin, and now Satan was his father. Now, that's, that, that's twisted, but that's what had to happen. He had to go from, Jesus had to go from the Father God being his Lord to Satan, you're my Lord. He had to become sin. Why? Because in order to rescue us from Satan, he had to take our place. Which means he had to be completely cut off from love. Don't say, well, the Father God, do, the, the, the Father God doesn't understand what it is to lose. He lost part of himself. He was cut off from himself while Jesus was on the cross and went into the grave. The Father was completely cut off. The Holy Spirit was completely cut off. They understand what loss is. They understand when they understand, Jesus understands what it is to have that hunger for sin. He experienced, Jesus, you just don't know how bad I want it. Oh, no, because Satan bombarded him with the desire for sin bombarded him something that jesus had never ever known all of the sudden when jesus was cut off from love all of the sudden in an instant of time he became sin and he understood what it was to desire something so much that you felt like if you didn't get it you were just gonna he understood what it was to want things in the flesh and, and, to, and, and to, just, to just want it with, a, with an unquenching hunger. He understood it in an instant of time. But he didn't just deal with it for an instant of time. He dealt with it on the cross and he dealt with it in the grave. He understood what it was. He became sin. And in becoming sin, he was overtaken with sickness. He was overtaken with sickness. Have you ever noticed that sick people are mean? Have you ever noticed that? Why? Because sick people are mean because Satan has got the handle has got a handle on them. Satan's pushing the buttons and pulling the levers. Love is not in control. Love is not in control. How do you overcome sickness? Put love in control. The closer you walk with love, the closer you'll get, the, the more divine healing you'll walk in. Now, now, why did Jesus allow himself to be put on the cross and to go through all this stuff? Because he was moved with compassion. That's right. 
The same thing we've been talking about all night. He was moved with compassion. You know, Jesus was a man just like you and I, except he was also God. But he was made flesh just like us. He had all the all the desires, all the doubts, all the all the temptations. He had to go through all of that just like you and I. You know, and 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 but every time that that he was moved with compassion, he answered the call. Yep. He answered the call from his father and he did what what the father told him to do. You know, us we 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 have that same opportunity down here. We can every time that 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 we're moved with compassion by the Holy Spirit, we can answer that call, or we can choose not to. But I tell you, every time you you answer that call, that's more likely that you're going to be called on again, because every time you answer that call, that opens you up to the to the love of God and the Spirit of God, and He, he recognizes that. And if you answer that call, He's going to use you more and more and more. And the more you respond to that call, the more divine health you will walk in. As you saw in the scriptures. Jesus answered that call every time, and eventually he answered it the ultimate time. That's right. So John Alexander Dowie. Now, Dowie got into some doctrinal error, but you can't deny that John Alexander Dowie knew some things about the Lord. And John Alexander Dowie said this. He said, sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. See, Satan will give you the thought, but sin is the response. And when, you, when Satan gives you the response and you respond in sin, it births sickness. So, he, so again, he said this. He said, sickness is the foul offspring of the father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Well, if that's the case, and the, and the scriptures back that up, then divine health, is the offspring of the father God and the mother love. Or we could say it this way. To birth divine health in your life, you are going to have to have a close relationship with God and walk in perfected love. Kenneth Hagin, he was raised off the deathbed at the age of 16. He lived into his 83rd year. He had had his 82nd birthday, so he completed 82. He was in his 83rd year, and he never had any sickness. He, I mean, he was on his deathbed. He had multiple heart defects and heart and blood diseases. They said he should die at any time. In fact, they'd call the preachers in, and he wanted to ask them about, hey, this, this scripture that I'm trying to get healed off of, they'd come in, and they wouldn't even listen to him. They'd just say, oh, son, just hold will. on a little longer. It won't be long now before you're with the Father. What song do you want us to sing at your funeral? Here he is. He's trying to get healed. And the preachers are coming in, planning his funeral with him. But no, he got a hold of Mark 11, 23, 24, and he got divinely healed. And he never had a headache. He never had a sickness. He never had a disease in his life. He walked in divine health all the days of his life. But... His ministry is marked by his love walk. Everybody that talks about Dad Hagen that knew him, they said he never had a foul word to say about anybody. He never listened to gossip. He always walked in love. He always believed the best. So if 
you are going to walk in divine health. If you want to walk in divine health, if you want to get sickness and disease out of your life, you're going, the way you're going to birth divine health is you are going to have to walk very closely with God, which means you're going to have to spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to spend a lot of time in the Word. You're going to have to cut out worldly things that feed the flesh. You're going to have to tell, you're going to have to be like Catherine Kuhlman and tell your body no a thousand times a day. You're going to have to, you're going to have to let your spirit dominate you. Your, your, your God, uh, your, your born again, recreated, uh, spirit that's alive unto God, you're going to have to let that dominate you and you're going to have to perfect. Now it doesn't mean perfect. You're going to have to mature your love walk. You're going to have to mature it. Now, if you'll do those two things, the sicknesses that you've been battling will begin to fade away. Now, truth be told, one point in time, I mean, I was working hard on these things, but the affairs of life got in the way, and I started kind of letting some things slip. And when I let some things slip, some things slipped in. So now, got myself up on (laughs) the lift, so to speak, And we're working on some things, and we're knocking some things out, and we're pushing some things out, we're cleaning some things out. We're working to re-perfect, re-mature the love walk so that the divine health can be at its fullest in my life again. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. So, regular church people, man, I know you feel like right about now, Pastor, you are beating a fire out of us on this love thing. No, honey, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. The more you get, the more you study on this, the more you think on this. And I, I was sitting there meditating on this right before service, you know, before I took my little 20-minute nap. And I, and I just, I went, Lord, Jesus became sin so that he could bear our sickness, so we could walk in divine health. So the more I become like Jesus, the more I walk in love, the healthier I'll become. The healthier I'll become. Man, Lord, that's all it takes is walking in love? Wow, that's phenomenal, Lord. You know, we, 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 live, we live in the world, and, and we have to deal with the things of the world. So this love walk, is, it's pretty easy to get off the, get off the path. Especially in today's to it, language. To get into one ditch or the other uh, and, and get yourself in trouble. You know, Robbie and I are, um, we're not trying to beat anybody up. No, I'm working on me. We're, 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 I'm working on me, we're, baby. We're kind of like the people sitting in the back seat that are that you passed out, and we're trying to get you back on the road from the back seat. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm not saying that anybody's in a bad way or anything. I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's just a matter of trying to steer you in not an easy area and it not an easy area you know it's funny when you're the pe- when you're the one giving the sermon you get your toes stepped on when you're studying and then you turn around and preach it and he just steps on your toes some more and you're like okay jesus <laughs> thank you jesus well praise the lord we'll do our tithes and our offerings if you have a message to, if you have a if you have a, a an offering to give derek if you'll come father we think and if you'll want to go ahead and pray and bless thank you Oh, Lord, we thank you for, for leading us and guiding us, Lord. We thank you for being a light into our path. 
and, and for being with us and leading and guiding our very footsteps, Lord. We, just, we purpose in our hearts to, to follow you all the days of our lives, and we purpose in our hearts every day to follow own. you. I've got you. Go ahead. And, and Lord, we just, we just thank you that you are our guide. You are the light into our path, that you will show us the way to go and give us the words that we need to speak and strengthen us and, and make us well able to do all that you've called us to do, Lord. Help us to be sensitive to your call, that, that we hear your, your, the call of your spirit when it comes and that we hear it and that we respond to it, Lord. Even if we've missed it before, Lord, we can still respond now. And Lord, we just we, we we lay ourselves down to you, Lord. We we want to be used by you. We want to be be uh, your servants. We want to to be with you. We want to follow your path and to help your work be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that and we know, Lord, that that means listening to our spirits and responding to it, Lord. We ask that you you give us the strength and the boldness and the wisdom to do that and to know when it is you and to know when it is ourselves. Thank you, Lord, Father. We thank you. In Jesus thank you, name. Father. Father, we ask that you help us to walk, to improve our love walk, to perfect it. And Father, we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Your word is true. Your word is working. Amen and amen. Derek, you can serve the people. And uh, glory to God. And Lord, bless glory that offering God. that it goes further than we could ever yes, ask. Yes, the word thanks is working. Your word. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we'll be back Wednesday. If you need us in the meantime, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And on that note, be blessed and, and get some rest before you have a work week. <laughs> glory, glory. Those are both yours. That one didn't want to write, but it might have just been yeah, me. Yeah, some of them.